everybody, Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Welcome back. I got Rob with me today. Hello, Robert. Hello. So you and I are usually together in a studio, but today we decided to do a phone a friend, and here we are on the phone recording from the home studios um, because we're trying to put out content every single day on the audio platform. It's our new push. It's my push, and I'm now making you do it with me. Uh, which is good. So we're going to be doing uh, this on the regular, and it's just going to be you and I. No guests today. Uh, it's going to be you and I rapping about some of the things that we talk about. Uh, today is a topic that's pretty hot with me right now, and I've, I've been putting together a really cool program that we're going to be launching down the road, and a lot of that is based around the culture and tradition of the fire service and what we talk about. And the one thing that's got me going lately that I've been making a lot of notes about, and this is why I wanted to talk about it, Rob, I know you got some opinions on it too, is the importance of making mistakes and then what we learn from our mistakes. And um, I think too often today, now more than ever, we're not owning our mistakes like we used to. And when we don't own the mistakes, we never learn from them because we're not accepting blame for doing something wrong. And so for me, that's a grave concern, right? Because growing up, I was always held accountable for my actions through my parents, through my teachers, through the school system, through my coaches uh, at the firehouse. You know, accountability is absolutely huge. And when we do not hold people accountable for their mistakes, the people tend to, the people making the mistakes then tend to believe that they haven't made one. And if they haven't made one, then there's no correction needed and they'll never learn from them. Rob, you and I talked about this on the way to Columbus in the car. We had a good conversation about this. Are you seeing this too? Yeah, a hundred percent. I see it at work and I just see it. And, you know, when we talk to other people who send us DMs, like this is a constant issue that's arriving in the fire service. And I, I don't know if it's fear, but like, I've always, you know, I mean, I've, listen, I've made a bunch of mistakes in my life and some of them are quite embarrassing. I make mistakes every you, day, Rob. Yeah. But you, you embrace them because through mistakes you learn and that, that's, that's where the education part of, of the fire service and our job and everything else comes in. So I should, I mean, we should, like, we should preface this though, that like we're guilty of it too. I'm guilty of it. Yeah. I've been, uh, listen, I've made, mis- I've made uh, excuses for mistakes I've made thinking that I could, uh, you know, point the finger. Maybe it's not intentional to deflect blame on me, but, man, I've screwed up plenty in my life, and there have been times where I'm like, no, no, it was because of X, Y, and Z. And then I'm like, yeah, but at the end of the day, I still made that decision, or those were still my actions. And, frankly, you got to own them. Yeah, and there's, I think, you know, in, in today's day and age, like the accountability side of it, of of just having somebody call you out is just like, I don't know if we're worried about upsetting people's feelings or what, but like the defensiveness is there and it's, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, something up. yeah, well, here's like, part of, here's problem. Here's part of the problem too, right? I think the defensiveness is there from the person that made the error or the mistake because they're not being held accountable every time. We're very selective in our enforcement. Our managers, our bosses, our admin, our command staffs, our parents, our coaches, our teachers, doesn't just have to be the fire service. It's life in general. I don't think that there is a consistent message of discipline and accountability being taught 
or shown on a regular basis. And so what that does then is if they get away with something the first couple times, say it is the firehouse or it's related to the firehouse. If a guy on a line screws up at a fire and he's not held accountable for that, well, then he knows he screwed up. But he's like, whew, I got away with it. Nobody called me out on it. I'm not in trouble. I didn't get my balls broken by the guy, by the senior guy on the back step, or my backup man didn't say anything. So, like, as long as he doesn't say anything and I don't say anything, we're going to pretend it didn't happen. Like, I think that is becoming more and more the norm because our managers are afraid to hold people accountable too. Yeah, and and that I always remember watching some of those early documentary series on like you know, the fire department of New York or the ones from Boston. And there would be that, like, like that tailboard. Hey, like what went, went, what went right and what went wrong on this, on this fire scene. And there was never somebody who was like, man, like we, we nailed it. Like they could always find something that they could do better. And I don't, like, I don't see that. Like I do it as a boss, but like, I don't know if that's happening widespread to the fire service where we're really there saying like, Hey, like, what happened? What did you see? Like, is there something that you could improve on? So right on the baseline, like, you know, kind of, if that's not happening, it helps that deviancy of behavior just to be become normalized. Well, it's, it's feel good, right? It's ass laps and high fives. We did a great job. Meanwhile, the house is sitting in the basement. It's a foundation, right? Like that happens more regularly. Now I love watching. (laughs) I love looking at social media posts, Right. That's the area. That's where we dwell, Rob. I love reading social media posts on fires and are like, great job by all the companies on scene. What do you mean? Great. Like not every company performed to their best of their abilities, but we're like, great job. Great job. There's this like constant need to reinforce and make people feel good. And I think that's okay to an extent. But I also know that when there's a job to do and things have to be done, there has to be a level of proficiency and expectation. And if you don't deliver on either or both, you need to be held accountable for that. We're in a business, whether volunteer career, we're in a business that our actions matter. And the only way we're going to become proficient and follow through on the expectations that are at hand is if we learn from our experiences. And we're not going to nail it every time. There is no way a fireman nails it the same every time. No. And I, what I, you know, I I think of like all those, uh, like when people are working out and they have those, uh, like those slogans that say embrace the suck. Yeah. And, you know, like, but like, we're, we're not actually teaching that to our, to our own people. And we definitely don't see it in that. In, in, in our culture, like it's easy to work out in the gym and take the selfies, but um, not that I've been doing that lately, but the, um, the aspect of like us not, not being able to have that accountability and really like look at us and be like, all right, like did, did we do what we were supposed to do? Did we optimally perform? And I don't think there's ever a time where we're, <laughs> I, I know there's not a time where I've been like, yeah, I, I nailed it. Like there's always something that we can be doing better. I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I'm just going over the last few fires. Not even fires, just runs. Car fire. We had a car fire earlier today, and I'm just thinking going through the paces of, like, you know, I ended up uh, wheeling the engine for it. And it's, so it's like, as a, as a chauffeur, did I do everything systematically that I should have done 
in order to, to do my job to the best of my ability to make sure that these guys were squared away. I think I did, but I still got to look at it, right? There's nothing stands out to say that, you know, uh, that I screwed up this or I didn't do this or I didn't put down, a, you know, something as simple as a wheel chalk. I even ran the wheel chalk back to the vehicle that was burning while I was, while the guy was stretching a line. I, you know, ran it back because the car was on a hill. Right. Like it's those things like just going through that checklist. But like there's always going to be something gets missed or there's going to be something that I look at after I position that I'm like, ah, I should have I should have positioned or angled a different way or should have came in around and up front instead of in the rear. Like all these different things. But like you have to be able and willing to review your to review yourself at the end of the game. And even during like that mental checklist of like, am I hitting the, the the bullets that I need to be doing right now and how well am I hitting them? Am I being you know, proficient? Am I being effective? Or am I just checking the box because that's what I'm allowed to do now is just check the box and move on? We've uh we we've we've had a lot of um a lot of overtime and some dynamics at work have been have been challenging for us and my like my group I've gotten a new a uh, couple new members in the last uh, six six months to a year assigned to the group and there's been some changes and the other day actually i had a conversation with them and i said to them i said and i didn't say it was a mistake but it was it, you know in, our, in the tune of our conversation here i told them i said listen i need you guys i'm going to hold you guys accountable but i need you to hold me accountable because i've realized with the amount of overtime and just being tired you know answering alarms ems calls etc in the middle of the night like I'm starting to get complacent. And if you see me getting complacent, I need you to call me out. Like if I get off the rig and I'm not buttoned up like I should be, like say something to me because like I I, I, I may need that because I know I'm exhausted. So if my head's not in the game, like challenge me on it because you know I would challenge you if you know this, this door is gonna swing both ways. You're and okay with that? Yeah. Because Why? you know what? I have to be because I, I recognized that I was, you know, you know, lack of better term, shitbagging it because I'm exhausted. But really, like, the exhaustion is an excuse. But you're the boss. I mean, Aren't you allowed to get away with that? Oh, hell no. Like, I have, I don't, I don't answer to those guys. I answer to their wives and, you know, or, or their family members if something goes wrong. So I, you know, I, I can't, I can't accept that. Like, I have to, I have to be better because, like, it's what's demanded of me. Do as I say, not as I do, Rob. I mean, most, you know, a lot of managers want to tell people what to do, but they don't follow through on their own. Well, that's probably the difference between managers and leaders, but. Uh, well, that's, no, where I'm, I, that's where I'm trying to prompt you with this conversation, yeah. right? Is like, that's yeah. that's my exact point in this, is that, you know, when you when you got to reflect and, and have some self-accountability of your own worth and example, it's you got to push yourself harder than the guy next to you. And like, I think we do come complacent. I appreciate you for telling that story because it shows a little bit of a vulnerability to you that like, Hey man, I'm getting burnt out at work. We're running like crazy. We're working a ton of overtime and you know what, what do we do? We take shortcuts, right? Like, and that's, and that's the thing. And it's like, you know, that's not an easy conversation. It's certainly not an easy conversation for a boss in your position to have that conversation with his guys because most people wouldn't do that. Most people aren't humble or vulnerable or put themselves out there with their own guys. But I got to think the return is if Rob's telling us this, then he's going to tell us and it works. It makes sense because we're holding each other accountable for the job. Yeah. And, and I mean, like the other groups, our other coworkers, you know, 
that they do the job and they show up. But like I, you know, when we're at work, like my group, like we're responsible for ourselves. Like there's nobody else coming. It's up to us, you know, and we know we have that, we have that mentality. And I just, I like, if I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm getting complacent, I'm getting lazy because of these other things, I need them to call me out because we just can't afford to do that. There's not going to be anybody else like to look out for them and vice versa. Do you find, do you, I, I appreciate all that. I truly do. Do you find that when it is time to discuss and, and I'm not, I don't want to put you on the spot with, with you and your guys. That's not what I'm doing here at all because it's not, that's not a comfortable conversation, but in general, do you find that more so now in life, not just the firehouse, but in life, when something goes awry, there's an excuse rather than a commitment to fix it. Yeah. And I'm just as guilty as that as the next guy, but yeah, an excuse is an excuse is pretty easy. Now, so and to get back to my my theory and hypothesis in the beginning of this conversation 15 minutes ago, right? Is people aren't going to learn from their mistakes if they don't admit they make a mistake. Now, internally, like I know I've screwed up many, many times and, and there have been times where I make an excuse. I, I blame something else. I, I blame the situation or extenuating circumstances. And sure, that shit's going to happen too, right? Um, so, you know, we like to think that everything's in our control, but it's not. But we can control most of what's happening to us. And so when, when we allow for something to happen and we don't perform our duties we need to hold ourselves accountable. It's hard. And when we point the finger and look at something else as the situation or circumstance that made us not perform to the best of our ability, do you think most people know deep down that it's their fault? Or do you think people, I think I do. I think when I screw up and even if I make an excuse, I'm like, oh, well, Rob pushed me or, or Rob, Rob did this or Rob did that, right? It's easier to point the finger at you for my mistake. But then, like, do you think that most people believe that or do you think that that's an automatic defense mechanism that they throw up but in the back of the conversation they're like, yeah, I know I screwed up, but it's just easier to blame someone else? I, I think the scarier thing is when people have become comfortable enough to just always go on that reflex of the excuse and not have the humility to make the, to admit to the mistake. Because like, I see that like people are just, you know, people are going to, are going to make an excuse and they're not going to admit that they were wrong or they're not going to admit that there could have been some other possibility of an action to take. And like that, that part scares the shit out of me because that's when that, that's when you have a problem, you know, and, 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 and it's going to like, and it's like it, it becomes dangerous, and I, I see. I, unfortunately, like I, I think we see it all the time. Like we we're seeing people who are, who are more prone to doing, ex, you know, make an excuse, and then it's like they've written it in blood, and they've got to they've got to defend it, you know, instead of just being like, yeah, no, nah, I, I I screwed up. Like let's let's you know find a solution, move on. Like that that conversation doesn't happen. Isn't it amazing how much commitment people show to false information? So yeah. meaning like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to point the blame elsewhere. So you're going to, you get back from a run, 
and the the backstep firefighter didn't stretch. He didn't have his gloves. Whatever whatever the situation was, right? Come up with a thousand variations of what the mistake was. He corrects it. Still get water on the fire. Fire goes out at the end of the call at the back step or back at the firehouse after you rack the rig, whatever, whatever, wherever your correction point is. The manager, the boss, the company officer pulls that guy aside and said, hey, man, listen, uh, a little disappointed in the performance, man. Like you could have we could have been uh, 45 seconds ahead of get water on that fire. But you fumbled. You fumbled because you weren't prepared. And and there's and then there becomes this excuse Right. If if they don't own it and say like, yeah, boss, you're 100 percent right, like total left my gloves on the engine or I didn't have mine as I exited the rig and I should have or whatever the situation, they make an excuse to not allow themselves to be accountable for their actions. Right. They, they find another excuse as to why they didn't have their gloves on or, or left them on the rig. Right. They don't hold themselves accountable for that. And then they double down on it when you press them on it. I've seen it. I've lived it. And people then believe their own bullshit. And that, to me, like what you were saying, I, that is the bigger, I, that, is, that is a big, big issue that I think is happening often, is people are believing their own bullshit. Well, and, and I think the, the, the challenge for the company officer or somebody who's in the, in the leadership position that is dealing with this is that I think in society, we're so used to like information overload that not only will they come up with the excuse and be like, you know, I should have like, this is what happened. And you know, this is the excuse, but then they'll move on to another, like the second excuse comes in as like, yeah, but did you see the guys on the ladder? Like they weren't ready either. Oh, that's good. Rob. That's and, really good. And, and it's, and it's a deflection off of them. And, and like the deflections have come up, more so than the excuses because an excuse, like I, I always think that excuses um, you can go to, uh, you can go to confession for an excuse. You, I can, I can say like, <laughs> yeah, I left my, I left my gloves on the, on the rig, Jeremy. And that's why I wasn't ready. And I had to run back and get them. But then like your confession can say, can be as simple as what am I missing to make sure that this doesn't happen the next time? Like, do you have something that you can educate me or show me that's going to make me more prepared, whether it's a glove holder, whether it's hey, stick a spare pair in your pocket. So that way you always have, you know, like whatever it is, like you come up with an idea and now you've, you've gone to confession, but once you get the deflection out that man, like that, that, cause now like it, it's, they're, they're starting to take the attention off and that's, I struggled with the deflection. I've, I've got a, you know, I've had my gambit of people who are great at throwing deflections up and, and bringing the conversation back to the, hey, wait a second, there's a problem at hand here, and we made a mistake, and we have to correct it. And yes, you're right. You know, those guys in the truck, they weren't ready. But I don't care about them because I'm not in charge of them. I'm in charge of you and this company. And that's that's tough. You bring up like, you bring up such a great point with deflection. I, I wasn't even thinking of that. And then I have, and then I said, uh, and I wrote down, I wrote down deflection, underlined it, circled it, and then I put under it, thrown under the bus. Yeah. Guys are so willing to throw one another under the bus to save their own ass. Yeah. And it's, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, one of my, one of my favorite things, Rob, sorry to cut you off, but one of my favorite things is like through our social media channel, there's a couple channels that show out, show like old school, like, 
60s, 70s, 80s type like New York City content. And guys are like, oh, yeah, open cabs, long coats, hip boots, man, to be a fireman back then, right? All this shit. And I'm like, all I do is smile and laugh when I see comments like that because I think about the individuals today and these guys cry if they're up after 10 o'clock at night. These guys cry, whether volunteer or career. We're crying. We cry all the time. Those guys didn't get to cry. They weren't allowed to cry. They didn't have a chance to cry. And now we've made things so cushy. And everybody's like, oh, ghetto fireman. I, I would have loved to have been a fire and a warrior. I'm like, and probably 95% of the guys today wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah, yeah. I, I always go back to a time, you know, probably 10 years ago now, where I had gone to Hyattsville on the weekend down in Prince George's County, Maryland, to do my my shift, my one weekend a month and, you know, two weeks a year because it's the National Guard of Firefighting. And uh, we ran three kick-ass fires within 16 hours, and the last one was a doozy. And it, like, it, it, it was legit. Like, I, I remember, like, coming, like, we came out of that out of that building, and the safety officer took one look at us and said, the crew from Engine 801, go over to rehab and don't move from there until you, until you guys, you know, have your vitals taken. And they, they, they watched us. And afterwards, I went back to the station and I said, I don't know how these guys in Detroit do this all the time. And I remember I, I fell asleep on the couch and I woke up eight hours in the same position that I had had, uh, had set, sat down in because I was so exhausted. And, and then guys were like, oh, yeah, we're back to the war years, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, like I got a brief glimpse of, of just three kick-ass fires within a 16-hour period. And I, I can't imagine what it would be like doing what they did back in the day. Yeah, and, and how I got on this topic is just the, the simple fact that back then they didn't have the luxury of being able to throw one another under the bus. These guys, were they were men. They, they took responsibility yeah. for their actions. They were held accountable on everything, right? Like when you when you read books and, and hear stories of, you know, of yesterday and how they held themselves to a different standard and how they fought fire and how they responded and the types of bosses they had, you know, there is there is plain and simple black and white right in your face that they didn't mess around and that it was a no bullshit atmosphere and that individuals were held accountable for their own actions. And I think we need that. I think we need managers today to hold their people accountable. We need managers to be held accountable and we need to call out the bullshit and we need people to understand that it's okay to make a mistake. And we want to surround them with an environment that if you do make the mistake, we want to give you every chance to own it and learn from it. That's the thing. What we can't do, what we can't do in a managerial position or on a peer on peer is if a guy makes a mistake and he's willing to own it and go after it and fix it for the next time, we can't hold it over them. For some reason, something else we like to do is we like to hold it over people. We like to have that power or authority over someone or the ball busting doesn't stop and it goes from ball busting to being an asshole. Because for some reason, somebody made a mistake, they owned it, they worked to do better, and yet we're still holding them to this mistake. And it's bullshit. Like, we need to let things go. We need to let guys be individuals and to be able to find their way. And We need to support them. You know, supporting them is not coddling. Supporting is calling them out when they're wrong, 
correcting their activities, educating them how to correct it so that the next time they get put in that position, they do better. Yeah, I, and I, I think one of the, you know, as you started to go on on, on, on this, I, I think of the senior firefighter and I think of their importance of like one reinforcing, like, you know, and I always talk about Craig Elderkin, who was my, my senior firefighter and you know Craig, but like he, I, if there was an issue, I could talk to the guys about it, but Craig would do that follow-up work and, you know, be like, hey, like, you know, all right, this is what we're going to do to fix it next time. So the lieutenant's not like, you know, we're meeting expectations, whatever it is. Um, and that's one that's so important because if they're not there to reinforce that, like they're the guy that's going to stop it in the back room when somebody's like, man, Jeremy's just being a pain in the ass. Like he's a, he's a real hard ass as a boss. Like that senior, that senior man's got to be there to say, Hey, no, you didn't do your job. Like, and we're, you're not going to embarrass the company. You're not going to embarrass the group. And you're certainly not going to embarrass the department with, with the excuses. And it's just, that's the other part that sometimes is missing. Cause like, you know, all of a sudden you make the mistake and you're, you're the new, you're the new Jesus Christ. You're carrying that cross for the rest of your career on a mistake that you've made and you've, you know, and, and you've put the work in to fix it. Like we shouldn't be crucifying these people for that. I agree. At all. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. It just seems to linger. And I don't know, I don't know necessarily why that needs to be, um, but we need to do a better job. We need to do a better job at all of this. It is running rampant. It's not just in the fire service. It's in life. It's in society. It's in your homes. It's in your businesses. It's everywhere. And we need to do a better job. But I think, first off, people need to accept responsibility for their own actions. People need to accept responsibility for how, what they say, what they do, how they act. I mean, these are all things that it's nobody else's fault but your own. You have the ability to control what you do. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Now, it's a good topic, man. It's a very good topic. And you and I could go around and around on this for, for quite a long time. And, you know, I just I think that accountability is necessary and we need to hold each other responsible for how we act and how we operate. But the whole concept and idea of this conversation today was making mistakes and learning from them. And the only way to learn from your mistakes is to own them. The only way to get better at this job is admitting you made a mistake, make, made a mistake, you own it, and you do better next time because you learned from it. We have to learn from our mistakes. Stop pointing the finger elsewhere. Stop deflecting. Stop pulling other people in to share the spotlight so that you're not the one being crucified by your managers. Do your job and do it well. Hold yourself accountable. 100%. Do you, do you, have, uh, do you have a mistake that you you can share that you made that you were like, yeah, like this was something that happened to me. And like, and, and you like, I don't want to say you fell on the sword because but you fell on the sword of admitting that, Hey, like this is, this is something that I, I can do better. And, and you worked on and, and brother, I make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. There's, there's shit in, in the firehouse, in my personal life, in my business and everywhere in between. I make mistakes all the time. Um, I will tell you recently on the fire ground, uh, there was a conversation about excessive overhaul uh, it was a basement kitchen fire, uh, a, a kitchenette, and it was basically a room and contents fire on arrival in the basement. Uh, they stretched the line, fire went out, uh, we got up there, we're opening up. I went back in. I thought it was still a little too warm, still had some residual smoke, so I brought a couple guys back in. We opened up even further. Well, when we started doing that, a lot more damage occurred, uh, and then from the aftermath of that, 
it was said that, you know, it seemed to be a little aggressive on the overhaul. I have never heard of that before. And so I was like, I got defensive right away. I was like, guys, this is crazy. We're opening up. There was still residual smoke in there. I thought the heat was too high. And in fact, and I was not in the position other than just being a senior fireman there. Like, I'm not a boss. I'm not a line officer. I'm not a boss. So, you know, I made that judgment call, grabbed a couple guys to help me open up while they thought that the destruction was a little more than it needed to be since it was a kitchen fire and, uh, you know, in the basement. And so, you know, I got I got called out on it and uh, and I took response. At first, I was I was quite defensive of it. I said, I've never even heard of such a thing, you know, aggressive or uh, overzealous overhaul. I'm like, you know, the way I was taught, you open up. But in retrospect, like as we did additional work in there, the stovetop was glass that broke. Right. And from there. Right. So any any point of trying to investigate the fire further or anything would have been, um, you know, would have been more difficult. Right. Because we were a little overzealous, maybe on it. I had a couple of young guys with me that got a little excited and probably opened up a little more than they needed to. And so, you know, I, I like to I like to err on the side of caution with that. But regardless, it was felt that maybe it was uh, it was uh, excessive. And so. I got defensive and I think anybody would have at first because you're calling into question my decisions and my actions. But as I think about it, I'm like, you know what? We could have let it be. You know, we probably could have let it be. We probably wouldn't have had a problem. I was probably being a little more cautious um, and so on, but we caused more damage in, in the contrary. So like I come to grips with that and said, okay, I learned from that. From now on, I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm going to do use some more due diligence. And when I when I think about opening up and I want to make sure that, you know, especially in a non fire affected area, if we're checking for extension or something like, you know, those are those are things that, you know, are uh, those that whole overhaul point of our job is really discretion. Right. We're opening yeah. up to check for extension. And so you open up ahead right ahead of the fire but how far ahead do we open up right and and so on so like it can be construed as what i think is productive and and correct could be per- perceived by somebody else as not being and so you know uh, so it's it's that conversation so that's something that happened recently on the fire ground to me and that's never happened before in 20 almost 28 years and i was like okay you know what i was defensive i pushed back a little bit and then i said you know what okay i shut my mouth and i said okay all right message received man i got it I got it. You guys think I was a little overzealous? Okay. So be it. What are you going to do? Yeah. You learn from your I'll mistakes. <laughs> right? I mean, you. Yeah, you, no, 100%. Like, and you know what? And that's uh, that's a good example because I, 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 you know, I was just curious just because it's, uh, I think people like to hear, you know, the humility of it. Like, because that's really what I want, want people to understand with the mistakes stuff. It's like, hey, we are all human and like it can happen and it doesn't have to be. It can be something simple or it can be something, you know, something, but like, let's, let's, uh, let's have the humility to, to talk about it. Cause I think that's where, I also think that's the part that people don't are, are very afraid to shy away from is they're worried about something bad happening. And sure. Like, you, you know, and I think it goes back to your thing about the whole, like holding it over their head or the, this cross that they have to bear when they really should be. I don't want to say we should give them an award for it, but we should definitely be like, hey, that's good nope. on you for, for, for being honest. And, and No more awards, you. Rob. That's that's no a big awards. part of that's our problem. That's here in the first place. That's a big part of our problem. That's exactly what got us here in the first place. We're not setting anyone up for success when we reward them for basic behavior or expected behavior. Yeah. 
you want to be on the varsity team, you got to play like a varsity player. I love that, man. I mean, that's that's it. You know, I, you know, Division One college, right? You can play Division One or you can play Division Three, AAA. Where do you want to play? Because it's two different games, right? Freshman versus varsity in high school, they're different games, right? So, like, what field do you want to be on, right? There's a level of expectation and understanding that you're going to perform at a certain level when you're playing in the big leagues. So you better do it. One hundred percent. Cool. <laughs> Good conversation for sure, man. I think you and I should be doing more of this. We've got a lot of topics that we can dive in on that. I'd love to get some feedback. So if you listen to the podcast, first off, if you like it and share it, we appreciate that. Share what we're talking about with the guys that you work with, the guys you volunteer with. Share it because it's a fun conversation when a couple guys in the same company listens to our content. They tend to open up the conversation on the floor and guys get a good conversation going. But the other thing, too, we'd love to hear some feedback. So whatever podcast you're on, you know, wherever you listen to on whatever audio platform and channel, feel free to leave a comment. We'll check them when we can. And we'd love to entertain some conversation back and forth or hear your thoughts about this topic. So, Rob, you got anything else, bud? No, man, this is awesome. Very cool. I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. I appreciate you. We're going to be doing a lot more of this. Uh, we got a couple more. Like we said, we're releasing a podcast every day on the audio platforms. Uh, and going forward, uh, we're going to be doing interviews and it's going to be me and you rapping about different things. And, uh, we're not done with the studio. Of course, we're still doing our standard studio video stuff too. Uh, but those are, uh, the way we shoot full disclosure is once or twice a month, couple at a time during a day. And then we post them over time. Whereas this segment that we're doing today and on the audio platform, we can do from our home studios over the phone, basically, and uh, and get yeah. them posted right away. So it's just a lot easier functionality-wise to to get this stuff done and get it posted. So if you like what we you're hearing. This, uh, mm-hmm. done in time for your morning commute. That's it, man. 0600, they get released every day. So listen to it on the way in. Listen to it on the way out. And uh, we appreciate uh, the support, and thanks for following National Fire Radio. Rob, thanks, buddy. Stay right there. I'm gonna We're going to sign out, and, uh, and then you and I'll chat for a few more minutes. So thank you, everybody, for listening in for another episode of National Fire Radio on the audio platform. Please share, like, subscribe, send it over, let everybody know what you're listening to, tell us your comments and thoughts. Check us out on social media. We're on all the players. We'll see you at the next one. Later.